Welcome to Positively Empowered Kids podcast. Listen to interviews from adults and children passionate about children's well-being. Join us to feel inspired and empowered. Hope you enjoy listening. Good morning, everybody. I am Claire from Positively Empowered Kids, one of the co-founders, and I am delighted today to be bringing you the marvellous Sue Kerr. Um, she has come into my life um, probably only for about the past four weeks, and I can't believe I didn't know this lady before. Um, we've got people in common, all sorts of amazing synchronicities happening in the universe, um, but I'm so pleased that, um, that I know her and that she's agreed to do this interview interview. So Sue, would you like to introduce yourself? Morning Claire, firstly thanks very much for having me. Uh, it's amazing how the universe plays chess with us isn't it and pushes us all together. Absolutely. Um, uh, my name is indeed Sue Kerr and I'm, I'm, these days I'm a mental well-being mindset specialist which is a, is a long way of saying I, I rarely treat people's symptoms, young or old, uh, in terms of, of how they are feeling but I address the way they're thinking, I want to reframe thinking patterns and behaviours that they have. Um, not always, but largely the symptoms go away. So I, I, I refuse to speak about mental ill health. I speak about mental well-being in terms of programmes and stuff that I do. But essentially, I help people to, young and old, um, and it's especially important to do with regards to children, that they grow up able to do this, to move them from a fear-based way of thinking Based way of living, anxiety and worry and overwhelm and all that this, into living freely in the place where it matters most, which is inside their minds. Because mm. the, the the mind, if we're not careful, can become the most strongest of prisons. And it's my my absolute aim in life these days to make sure that young people particularly grow up knowing that they're enough and they can do and become whatever they believe they want to be it's our job as adults to, to reflect that back to them and show them how to do it yeah absolutely and I mean you know we know that our brains are very um very complex um and you know we know this and you know even as adults um you know obviously we, we're kind of you know practiced in doing this you know but a lot of people don't know how to sort of you know look after their own brains um and kind of what it's capable of how you can kind of change to a growth mindset so you know for children that's even more paramount isn't it absolutely absolutely i mean there's a i'm paraphrasing it here but there's an old saying when a child grows up uh being criticized they grow up to be critical when a, when a child grows up being ridiculed they become judgmental and all that sort of stuff it's mm. very powerful our childhood is the most powerful term, time of our lives in terms of our societal and environmental conditioning. I mean, you'll yeah. know as I do, naught to seven, <clears throat> the imprinting years, seven to 14, the modeling years, we grow to what we know. That's a fact. Um, but there's much we can do <clears throat> as adults with regards to the children in our life to make sure that doesn't happen. And, yeah. and part and parcel of that for me is is mirroring a child's beliefs back to them they tell you they want to be a jedi warrior yay let's go for it how can we get there draw me a mm. picture so expand on it it doesn't really matter because six weeks down the line they're going to want to be a vet or a policeman yeah. or something like that and that be a linear process that goes on all their lives but if they grow up knowing 
that whatever they want to do, they can do. You know, I, I always say things like, you know, when I can't turn into cans, I dream to turn into plants. Yeah. You know, and mm. um, you think about it as a child. I mean, I've got into trouble so many times in school for daydreaming. Um, and these days I daydream every day on it. I call it meditation. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, let, I let my mind go wandering in the nicest possible way, um, looking for opportunities to understand where I am. And if mm. we can empower our kids to do that, yeah. you know, I, I personally wouldn't be working with half as many adults yeah, absolutely. Um, as I do yes. these days. Because yeah. it's, uh, as, as you know, I firmly believe that it's far easier, far easier to raise a whole child than it is to a broken adult. The work I do with children, I, I deem to be my preventative arm. Yeah. Nip it in the bud in childhood and empower our kids to step up into the best version of themselves for now, whatever yeah. that age is, and then carry that on through life. Mm. Then, you know, the broken adults that come to me, which, you know, would make me really, really happy. It would. Um, and I, I firmly believe that in this day and age, and especially now, especially in this time of COVID-19 and all that business, people are starting to look within. Hmm. And, and as you well know, I firmly believe that everything begins and ends with you, as it was. Yeah. And for me, this time is, is a time of opportunity for reflection. To yes. reflect on not only how we see ourselves in the world, but how we're going to be able to empower and enable our children going forward to come out of this in the best possible way. Yeah. And, and part of that is being mindful and living in the moment. You know, mm. people say to me all the time, I've never had as much time on my hands. <laughs> not true. That's not true. Mm. Every single day, each and every one of us that's gifted an opportunity of a new day, as in we're still here, we all of us have 86,400 seconds in every one day. Newsflash, we always have. Yeah. And until such a time as we're not here anymore, we always do. Yeah. It's not the time available to us. It's our management of that time. Yeah, it's our choices, you know, isn't it? Absolutely. Every choice we make has, comes with the responsibility of consequence. Mm. Now, I, I, worked with somebody, I was working with somebody last week and they said to me, well, the thing is, I can't make choices. Really? So what do you do? Oh, I don't do anything. I thought, that's a choice. Mm. You can't escape it. A choice yeah. to do something or not do something is still a choice. You can't yeah. decide whether to put on a red dress or a green dress and you choose a blue dress. That's not, not making a choice. That's making a different choice. And when we can tie that analogy in with the way we speak to our kids, yeah that that opens up endless possibilities for them completely unpressurized it becomes part and parcel of who they are as opposed to who we want to be and, and whilst whilst they might be the same time a lot a lot of time we we fall down in life period mm. because of expectation and an expectation can both be good or bad because it's, yes the more we get to know each other the more you understand that i firmly believe one of the things i think i believe more than anything else is that no matter the situation no matter people involved even if it's just yourself there is always always at least two sides to every single story every situation every opportunity everything. 
bad thing that happens, every good thing that happens, there are always two sides. In actual fact, somebody said to me not long ago, there are three. There's my view of it, your view of it, and the actual view of it. Mm, that's so interesting and that, that's just sparked something off in my mind a few things were sparking off there as you were talking um but that in particular is, is I, I find that concept really interesting at the moment and i you know we're constantly learning about ourselves constantly improving and you know things are changing around us um i was actually um i use some of the time that i've had at the moment um i've found um a massive crate full of all my old diaries so written around the age of 17 to about 21. Um, And so I thought I had a couple of things that have gone on in my past that I've been telling myself stories about. And I thought, I want to see what I thought of it when I was 17, when it was actually happening. So I've actually gone back and read through all of those diaries over the past sort of um, six weeks or so. What is really interesting is what I have been saying has happened is actually different to what actually happened and that's not me you know that's no one else's influence that's my own brain that's you know molded it and changed it slightly and twisted it so that I've kind of created this new belief and it's not because I was lying about any of it it's just I just found it just absolutely um just so enlightening it's your perception at that time in place yes place in time time and space in time it's mm. And, and things like that change over time. Yeah. And we, we it's, a, it's a bit like, I, I liken it to be the biggest case of internal Chinese whispers that we'll ever have. A- absolutely. We start absolutely. at one point and over time it gets tweaked and it gets tweaked. And before we know where we are, we've got, oh, this happened. And actually when you look back, mm. it didn't. Yeah. You know, it absolutely didn't. But it's interesting you should say that. I mean, um, I'm very fortunate that I'm in a, I have a friendship group called six of us and we met when we were circa 10 or 11 years old and we all turned 60 this year so we've known each other for 50 years and i would trust these girls in my life i really would mm. um and one of them's um a, a prolific order and and in the, in the whatsapp group that we have she's been posting photographs of all that she's found when we were 50 16 all this until we left school <laughs> and 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 sharing and it sparked others to share what they've written in their diaries um uh, and that sort of stuff i i was never a diary writer sadly Mm. um that came much later in life but you know what that that just it made me smile when you were saying that because it was like yeah one of the girls said the other day can you believe the biggest problem i had in that day was whether or not my hair was going to be frizzy or not that was such a (laughs) drama for me you know and you know it's 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 not when i thought about it afterwards i thought you know what how many people the world over won't go out and train it in, yeah. in case their hair goes frizzy yeah. and yeah. stuff like that there are yeah. ways there are ways to manage everything and, 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 and yeah. you know it's, it's it, it is funny but it's sort of it's indicative of how people then carry on their lives it is but there's so many lessons for me in it because i'm just thinking like with you using that example as well i'm just thinking you know how often our children will come to us and say things like that um, something that they're worried about that we kind of you know I'm not necessarily talking teenagers maybe younger but you know yeah. that you know they're worried that they can't find their favorite toy or, or whatever it might be and I think as adults it's hard for us to place ourselves back into that mindset oh, yeah. so you know we can be quite dismissive of that but actually um you know that could be the most important thing to that child in their life and the fact that they're then talking to you about it how you then respond to that is building a kind of pathway for whether they'll come to you in the future or what their kind of 
what your relationship um you know ends up being absolutely um it's the power of language um is is vital when it comes to the way we it's vital in the way we all of us communicate period yeah you know if i if i i could sing the abc to you in a really sing song voice before you even know what abc what the abc song is mm. and as a baby if i'm rocking you for abc you would be calmed and hopefully as long as i was rocking you in the way that you liked you would soothe and go to sleep mm. if i was singing a b c d <laughs> oh that's horrible same, <laughs> yeah, the same words yeah the same words in a different manner in a different tonality delivered in a in a way that's perceived to be anger or criticism or judgmental to mm -hmm. children will have far more damage on their on their psychological mental well-being than mm. a b c does that signify they don't know the words mm. they were talking about young babies pre-language skills but if we apply that principle into early twos threes yeah when recognition of things like tonality is kicked in let me give you an example when we're born as, as kids when we're born all children are born conscious but without a consciousness we're aware of our surroundings mm. that's it we don't know that when we go ah, that's deemed to be crying by our grown-ups mm. we don't know that the thing that's making us feel better is our grown-up yeah. we just know that when we go ah, whatever it is that's making us uncomfortable gets fixed mm. first learned behavior pattern mm. when we cry our needs are met we don't know we're crying we don't know that we have needs that need to be met, but we know that when we make a particular sound, some are louder than others, granted, <laughs> but we make a particular sound, it stops. Yeah. Fast forward to 12, 18 months, terrible twos, parents around the world, through no fault of their own, because they're stressed out and overwhelmed in their own way, um, are then looking at said same child going, be quiet! Mm. What are you doing? You're screaming. Yeah. Why are you? Charles, like, hang on. What? What? That's yeah. not the response I was getting before. First, I think largely for most kiddies, that's the first example of whoa. Hang on a minute. Mm. That's worked before. Suddenly, it's not working. Why? And you get the terrible two tantrum type era where they're all struggling to to establish their place in the hierarchy. Yeah. The what to do like, to get the response? I always get my way when I do this. And the parents mm. like no more you're old enough to sort yourself out yeah you know so it's um, Maya Angelou um, was a famous American philosopher poet and one of my all-time favorite quotes from her is quite simply we forget what was said we forget what was done we never ever forget how it makes us feel mm. if a child any child carries an emotional pain point that is so subconsciously, unconsciously rooted in, in their mind. Yeah. Um, through time with them, they will not remember largely what was said. They won't remember the number of times that they asked for a need, asked for a need to be met. Yeah. That they were shouted down, screamed at, and made to feel naughty or inferior or less than whatever. They won't remember all that, but they remember the feeling. Yes. 100%. And the emotion. Mm. The emotions that we feel as children 
become the triggers that set us off as adults. Yeah. Without, and it's why people get flashbacks and they have no reason. Yeah. Something may have happened in childhood that they've long since forgotten. Yeah. Something similar or closely or even loosely related to it happens. Mm. It triggers that same feeling. They have a meltdown or a panic attack. They've no reason why. Absolutely. And you know, I can't even begin to stress. You probably guess I'm quite passionate about the way <laughs> uh, our children are, are spoken to. Yeah. No parent. Uh, there isn't any parent I don't think anywhere who does not genuinely believe that they're doing the best they can. And indeed, yes. I'm going to I'm going to reinforce that by saying they are actually doing the best that they can. Yeah. At any given point in time. Yeah. Um, but we have to be aware, I think, I genuinely do believe we have to be aware that the impact of how we speak to people, anybody, children and grown-ups for that matter, the impact of how we speak to people as opposed to what we say to them mm. is a massive difference when it comes to raising happy, healthy, whole people. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's amazing, and uh, we could um, probably talk for a lot longer about about that, and also I say I all sorts of things are sparking off. Yeah. I have a very large soapbox when it comes to things like that. To be fair, I think um, it was interesting because um, again, something else that happened to me the other day. So you very kindly took part in our superhero day um, right. uh, because we really, you know, we believe or we know that you know all kids are superheroes, and we wanted to have some activities for the kids to kind of help them to understand that for themselves um and you know this is this is something i've kind of heard before but you delivered it in a really lovely way um and it was which we can talk about in a sec and it was about the power of the word yet and what was great about the way that you did it because obviously i do a lot of this stuff with my daughter and you know again but i think sometimes hearing it from different sources and hearing it at the right moment it makes an impact um, and so what she did to me was about, I think it was about four days after that, doing something. And I said, oh, mum, we can't do that. It's some complex craft project that we were doing. And she went, no, mummy can't do that yet. Yes. And I was like, okay, wow. Because even I'm guilty of slipping into it from time to time. And I thought, you know, that, that was just so amazing. So do you want to just give us a little bit of a background about, about that? Absolutely. I mean, firstly, you know what? You're only human. We can't all mm. be 100% optimal performance every day, otherwise we would be perfect. And as we both know, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> but well done, well done, uh, your daughter, Ellie, for recognising that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that makes me feel really good. She's just um, appeared in the, just so, off, off camera yeah. at the moment. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my, the, the premise behind that was, I mean, it's, it's the link, this, you know, we, all of us, children, adults, and all the age groups in between, we all of us have a tendency to fall into one of two camps when it comes to our actual mindset, the way we think, our thoughts I thought. Fixed would be, can't do that. I, I just can't do it. I've tried everything, can't do it. I have a bit of an issue with people telling me they've tried everything because if they had, they wouldn't be having the conversation, but that's a different story. Um, so <laughs> that's a choice. That's a choice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> choice. I can't do that. I can do that. So we've got the polar opposites of that, of that conversation. Mm. You're like, in our own minds, can't do it, can't do that. For me, the natural bridge, and that's all it is, it's a bridge, it, it gives, it signals hope, and it signals an opportunity. The addition of the word yet, so right, I said, so I can't do that yet. I can't ride my bike yet. I can't do my ABCs yet. I can't swim yet. And as, as we go through life, 
for those of you that see me on social media, you'll know I've not baked a cake since 1975, and I did that yesterday with my grandson uh, because I needed to overcome an anchor. Um, and, and I copped it up, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> uh, okay. But I'm cool with that because I now know that I can bake cake if I want to. Yeah. But I was 15 the last time I baked a cake, and it was deemed inedible by my domestic science teacher. So the addition of the word yet is for me one of the most powerful words in the English language when we apply that to anybody but particularly children uh, when we're talking to them about what they perceive they can or can't do. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's very and easy, we, isn't it? Yeah, it's fairly easy to explain that none of us can do everything. Mm. You know, I can't ride a unicycle. Mm. I can ride a bicycle, but I can't ride a unicycle. <laughs> I have actually no desire to learn to ride a unicycle. And, and that's then the choice, isn't it? It's not that yeah. you can't do it permanently. It's you what, don't what? want to put your energy into doing that. And that's Absolutely. fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the way, the, the, the power of words is immeasurable. But in terms, in, in, when, we, when we apply that philosophy of yet, it, it, it signifies hope. It signifies opportunity. If our mind knows that we are looking for an opportunity to learn, we start yeah. to see that it's called a reticular activation system thingy in your mind. You know, if you, you suddenly, I, we played, um, somebody in my car, uh, well, I've got five grandchildren, somebody in the car over last summer said, I've not seen a yellow car in ages, let's spot yellow cars, we're on a long journey south. By the time we got to Surrey or wherever it was when we were going, we'd, we'd spotted 53 yellow cars. Mm. I was seeing yellow cars in my brain for months. Mm. Every time we went out, boom, yellow cars, bonkers. This, we're um, not looking for it so we don't see, see it. it yeah this, do you know what this making me go goosebumps because i do um a lot of um visualization with um children and and with adults actually and um before kind of really going into the children's workshops i um well i still do I, i'm a big believer of vision boards for that reason and about manifesting things because as soon as you put your focus on that it's like you suddenly you know when i decided i wanted to buy a mini all of a sudden everywhere I looked there were minis it was like the Truman show where they just suddenly like you yeah. know come out and you're like wow going back, going back to what I was saying right at the very beginning the universe plays chess with us yeah what do you want to see yellow cars oh a mini you want a million yeah, pounds but but yeah but the, yeah. when we look for opportunity uh, to put that in grown-up terms um I I worked with somebody right at the very beginning of, of last year um who had a significant problem in, within her mindset about her weight and she actually said why can't I ever lose weight why and I just like well is that true you know and we explored it and without going into details long story short I said to her you need to reframe that you're making a negative statement so mm. therefore you're not actually you're giving yourself permission not to do the things that you say you want to do yeah let's tweak that and we tweaked it over time and that why can't I ever lose weight negative statement okay how can I lose weight and enjoy myself? Mm. Same, same thing, different meaning. The brain has, the mind has a question, how, enjoy, it likes us as a species to mm. have fun. And it started looking for opportunities. Within six weeks, she got back in touch with me. She walked home past the library several weeks prior. And for the, she walked past that library every day, forever and ever, amen. Mm. And I've no idea how long this poster had been there, but she saw a poster in the library notice board or whatever it was that was outside advertising salsa dancing classes. No biggie. Like, yeah. How she met her husband mm. monkeys years ago. 
you know. Well, we used to do that. Shall we go? Yes. She's happy. She's healthy. She's active. Last I heard, she was losing weight slowly yeah. but surely. But more yeah. than anything, it put a spark back in their marriage. Yeah, amazing. Yet. Can't do it yet. Yeah. Yet is just one of the words. How can I? Yeah. And stick enjoyment in there and it works. You yeah. know? But I mean, I feel, I feel inclined to say that at this point, Claire, that being able to do something and not wanting to is far different, far mm. different. The other side of the coin, the reframe, two sides. Being able to do it and not wanting to is far, far different. It's a far different thing from wanting to do it and not being able. Yeah. Now, the, not, the wanting to do it and not being able is largely um, unpickable, if that's even a word. <laughs> when, we, when we look at it along those lines of yet an opportunity, how can I do this? And mm. do you actually want to do this thing? If you do and you're not doing it, are you not doing it because you're worried what other people think? If there's mm. a fear, largely we don't get from A to B for several reasons. And the same is true with kids as well as adults. We're scared of what our mates will say. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be seen to be falling off our bike again mm. and looking silly. We don't want, we don't want, we don't want. The five bedfellows of fear, I call them, you know making mistakes, being seen as a failure, which is similar but different on many ways. Mm. Mistakes, failure, change, having to change in some way. Yeah. Appear uncool to your mates if you get on set of test, for instance. Um, the opinions of other people, but more than anything, that sense of I'm not enough. Yeah. Which has been massive. Absolutely. It's it's massive. I did some research um, about six months ago online on various platforms. And the only question I asked was, can you tell me in one word or sentence, your number one self-limiting belief or behavior? That was it. Mm. And that went out on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. And I had in excess of 562 days to answer them. Um, And 75% of of that number came back with the same answer. I'm not enough mm. in yeah. some way. Some have expanded. Yeah. I'm not yeah. enough because, but overall, in some way, yeah. the three quarters of the people that responded felt significantly that they yeah. were lacking in some way. And I would and also me, say that, that was massive. Yeah, and I would also say that probably that remaining 25%, although they're not using those words, if you actually dug down yeah. from what it is they are saying, a lot of it will still come back to that. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, which is scary. Um, but It absolutely is. And, it, and again, it all, it all stems from how we think. Yeah. Going back to what I said right at the very beginning, that 0-7 time is critical mm. in terms of imprinting. Yeah. You know, and, and that just doesn't, that's not necessarily just families. Most families don't have an issue, to mm. be fair. Most families are kind and caring and well-meaning. Um, but it's, it's, it's societal and environmental. Yeah. I mean, going into, you only have to look at this COVID situation, Claire, how quickly, in the space of what, eight weeks is it now in this country, or thereabouts, mm. how quickly have the entire country that's a generalisation of actually not true. How quickly <laughs> the majority of this country acclimatised for that for that read, reprogrammed their yeah. own minds in line with suggestion yeah. that we stay safe. Yeah. I genuinely think that this world, 
post-COVID, whenever that might be, will be a happier, healthy, health, a happier, healthier place mentally for many of us because we have we can see this opportunity to to bunker down and go back to the eight six thousand four hundred seconds every day yes. we have and use them more wisely to help Absolutely. ourselves get through this. Absolutely. My worry, my, yeah, my worry going forward is that some of us don't have that inclination which is fine it's absolutely fine that's not a judgment on any level it's all different but my worry going forward is that our our young children uh the young the, the younger young children sort of primary mm-hmm. age and below um will will grow up thinking it's normal to never be closer than six feet to anybody. Yeah. That, yeah that needs managing Yes. far more efficiently i think and that has to come from the top yeah most absolutely. parents most parents and grown-ups and carers and educators can do that quite successfully mm. but at the minute we seem to have fallen into that trap where we're waiting to be told what to do yeah and we all of us still have the power of free, free will mm. in terms of, of using our really on what mm. works right what works well for us yeah everyone's still staying safe safe. yeah absolutely and and every you know family unit is unique as well and i mean i say we we could talk for a lot longer but i'm gonna have to end it there because we literally could honestly talk for (laughs) hours um so if um if people want help with their mindset where can they find you sue where on social media do you hang Um, out um you can you can find me on social social yes social media we can find me on social media that's a good one social media um i'm on i'm on all the major platforms suka s-u-e-c-u-r my business name is um my business page on facebook is suka at pls with more um and i have a i have a mental well-being support group everything begins and ends with you um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find my website at super.com. Um, and there's a, but for anybody with, with littlies, there's a, an educational empowerment page on there, which, which has got a free download. Just download it from the page. Uh, growth mindset type which that is amazing and we we will drop all your links as well below the video and um as well if you wanted to experience the kids workshops that sue's done so we've got the superhero day and then she also did an amazing talk for international families day recently so you can go to the positively empowered kids facebook page um, and they are being uploaded to our youtube channel as well um so you can um, check out her work and please do get in touch with her um well of expertise knowledge and absolutely all-round lovely lady so thank you for joining me so thank you so much for listening to our fantastic positively empowered kids podcast if you'd like to know more about what we're doing please find us at www positivelyempoweredkids.co.uk or you can search us on all the social media platforms positively empowered kids bye